everybody, it's me, Kathleen Madigan. Welcome to Madigan's Pubcast. You grab yourself a drink, pull up a bar stool, let's talk about what's been going on. Termites! It's episode 90, we need fire! We need fire. Oh, that's loud if I move my thing. Sorry, termites. <laughs> we don't have all the technical aspects completely under control no. here. Fire! Episode 90. Ten more and we're to 100. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Um, That's good math for you. Yeah, that is good math for me. Math, 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 math. My God, where to start? Well, I think we should start with Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama was so great. Um, people underestimate Alabama because, you know, the stereotypes of hee-haw, like Duke's a hazard, <laughs> like all that. But Huntsville, and I'm going to get to this later because it was voted the number one city in America to live in. Um, it knocked Boulder out of the number one spot. Yeah, it's a shocking little list. And I approve of some of their choices. I disapprove of others. <gasps> yes, just to my travels. But so much fun because I wanted to do my act a bunch of shows in a row. So, And I owed that club because I don't really do clubs anymore. But I love that club. I love that club. I love the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa. And I still love the club, Comedy Club in Detroit, but I moved on over to the theater because at some point it's just easier to do that. But I wanted a bunch of shows, and I owed them uh, a week. And it was so fun. I got to golf. And then at this place called The Ledges, my little friend Robbie was there. Yeah, It's always exciting to see Robbie. Um, he wrote a book about being autistic. You can go on my Twitter feed or Facebook, and you can see Robbie in his book. Yeah, he's so happy. He's a very happy guy. He's very proud of his work, does a great job. I mean, I put the golf clubs down, and they were in a cart, ready to go, in faster than five seconds. And wow. a lot of people, you go, this one's driving, this one's riding, and they never do it right. And it, boom, Robbie's on the ball. And that course was just so pretty. But even the – it's just a wonderful – like, because NASA's there. So there's so many smart people, the good nerds, the fun nerds. And then there's just enough of the old – Alabama, not so smart ones to make it spicy. And I got to talk about the fugitives on stage and uh, their political ads. Holy shit. I would have stayed for another uh, month just to watch them heat up. Every (laughs) single political ad, someone is using a firearm, even if they're running for school board. Hi, I'm Mike. I love Jesus and guns. (laughs) Vote for me for school board. I had to tell them on stage, if you're from Alabama, just so you know, the rest of the country, not everyone has a firearm. There's a judge, and she's shooting shit, going, I, I put a child molester in jail for a thousand eight years, and the only reason I didn't do anything more is because the liberals wouldn't let me put him under the jail. The jail. <laughs> yeah, it's prison, ma'am. It's not a jail. She's running for judge, and she's five foot of steel, redheaded little thing, and oh they, then Kay Ivey. I mean, you gotta Google Kay Ivey's political ads because she just so she's like a time traveler. She's like from the late 1800s. Hi, I'm Kay Ivey. I love Alabama. I'm running for governor. It's just that old thing. The, none, none of the rest of them even sound like that. The one girl sounds like she's from Michigan. This girl, Katie. Hi, I'm Katie. I actually want to be in charge of Alabama. I'm like, you are not from Alabama. But I looked it up. I don't know. The Wikipedia page is kind of crafty with their wordplay. I'm not sure. 
Maybe sure her parents aren't from Alabama, but K. Ivy is just the epitome of a meemaw from the South. And here's what we got in Alabama. Joe Biden wants more Mexicans. I say, no way, Jose. <laughs> I ain't no high. Ain't no step too high for a high stepper. Like all these old times, worth it. And then I'd feel like I disagree. I disagree. High stepper to me just meant like, you were doing stuff like I don't really know. Google it. See what the actual definition is. Yeah, look at you high stepping. Like I've heard it used in. I would guess from context that it meant you're getting shit done. You know, I'm high stepping. I don't. She uses it in the ad. A fashionable or attractive person. A fashionable or attractive person. Yeah, especially a young woman of this kind. Uh, uh, oh, well then I had the. Or it's a horse train. It's a horse train to lift his feet off the ground. Maybe that's what I think Kay's talking about that. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know if Alabama likes Kay. I mean, she wins. I think they just, like, I, even though I disagree with most of the things that she thinks, I'd probably vote for her because I don't want to kill Meemaw. I want her to stay. It's, It's like having your grandma in the house or your grandpa where you know, if shit gets too out of hand, they're going to do something drastic. It's probably not okay, right. whatever they're going to do. But at least somebody do something. I don't I don't know. I just wanted to keep running so I could keep seeing the ads. Ha, I'm Kayav, and I love Alabama. And we're going to keep our way of life. So I said on stage, what she really means is, well, white people are still going to run shit. All right? I don't know. It was a just a wonderful week. And then at the golf tournament, I met a termite, Dawn, who I then met Saturday night with all of her friends after the show, and they were so much fun. But she gave me this, it's a scout guide to Huntsville, and then she gave me a few more, St. Louis, because um, I'm from there, and then Nashville, because I spent a lot of time, and Denver, because I'm going there to tape the special. But then she gave me this purple thing, and in downtown, yeah, it's a cup, it's a, well, like a, it's like a Yeti, but not a Yeti, but like a mini wine Yeti. And if you take this purple cup to down, uh, downtown Huntsville, do the old part. Yeah. It is so cool because they put signs out in their yard and they say this house, 1889. And all the dates are there. Oh, cool. And there's a couple, like 1867. And I'm like, well, we made it through the war. The Yankees didn't burn his ass down. No, sorry. Nope. No, ain't no blue coats coming in this yard. Help me Christ. But most of them are like late 18, after the war, post-Civil War. Um, But it's so cool because you can drive down all their streets downtown and see all the history right in front of your face. You don't even have to. Yeah, because a lot of places don't really tell you when the houses are built. And their old town is super, super awesome. Like, I don't think enough people know about. Well, they don't know about Huntsville. And then they judge Alabama. And and then I don't even want to tell people because I don't want it to get any more crowded. I like, no. The golf is phenomenal. Um, even in the summer, I don't care if it's hot. No. Go tee off at 6 o'clock in the morning. Right. Take right. a take a proper nap like a proper person. Um, yeah. But here's the thing with these purple cups, mm-hmm. Yetis, whatever. It's not just Huntsville either. It's called A&E Districts Benefit uh, Huntsville Citizens Businesses. But it's not. It's in New Orleans, Memphis, Kansas City, and Savannah. Oh. So if you carry this thing downtown, you can drink alcohol. Nope, and you can walk into a bar, and the bars and restaurants like it because drunkies like us would pop in and go, can you fill this up with red <laughs> Pinot Noir? And then they charge you for the wine, and off you go. So they don't mind. Um, it's been a big thing in, the, in like, the artsy districts. Um, 
Over the years, the city of Huntsville sought to revamp outdoor alcohol consumption regulations by first expanding patio dining and then creating the arts entertainment district. They're awful. These districts are often referred to as purple cup districts. See, now Nashville, nobody's going to play nice with a purple cup. No. They're just going to go, give me beer. And they're going to, yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't see. down to, Not on Broadway, right? There's just tall boys and yeah. Um, but they're going to have to, in Nashville, they're going to have to turn Broadway into a pedestrian area. It's completely yeah. crazy. I mean, at some point. Um, so it's just interesting that they're not only hit with patrons, but restaurants, bars, and retailers also benefit from the increased foot traffic. Yep, awesome. they've certainly increased the traffic. People are coming in to get a beer or cocktail and walking around. It's a given that Huntsville, a progressive perception, it's given Huntsville a progressive perception because Huntsville is not, in, um, is not what most people think Alabama is. It's true. Yeah. Most people don't. Um, that's it. We don't really need to go into all what that. Did, but if you're did, in Kansas City or Savannah, and get yourself a purple thing. What did you drink out of yours? What did you have in it? I had wine in it <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even, well, when I was downtown, I wasn't drinking. It was in the day. I was actually just looking at their cool houses and stuff. What I am drinking. Did, did you meet her friends? Did I? Yeah, I met uh, Dawn. The termite Dawn, her friends are the Yaya's. Like, mm-hmm. get it, you know? And uh, they came to the show, and then some St. Louis people came to the show, and I met them. He had his blue shirt on. Sadly, we lost. The blues, it's not been a good thing. Our goalies hurt, and then we broke somebody's sternum last night. Like, it's getting fucked up. Yeah. I don't think we can win without a goalie, but I don't want to jinx anything. Um, So that was Termite Dawn and Friends, and that was great. Then I met uh, this Termite. Um... Uh, after the show, I met Angie, who gave me an Auburn shirt in honor of Vic, my friend who died. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it's big. It's a 9 shirt. Yeah. I'm going to get it soft and wear it to bed at night. It's too big for, like, I can't wear that around. I look like a crazy lady. But it's perfect. So she gave me that, and it was nice to talk to them after the show. And then I missed a termite, a Mississippi termite. Uh, who actually wrote on the bag, Mississippi Termite. She's a comedian that I didn't get to meet because I had already, I hadn't really left for good. I had left briefly, and then I came back to the club, but I missed her. But I'm drinking a beer she gave me called Good Bug Golden Ale, and it's delicious. Um, I forgot. I can tell you her name because she used to be um, the house MC at Wise Guys, a club out in Utah. She did say she's not a Mormon. I think she wanted me to know that. <laughs> That's okay. My friend Ryan Hamilton's Mormon. We've had very good talks about it. Uh, Heather. Termite Heather. Termite Heather. Yeah. So I got the beer. Thank you. Um, in other housekeeping matters, isn't that what they say on the news? Um, yeah. In other words. God. Um, ha. I'm Kayavi. I had something else because two guys left. Well, I'll have to find it for next week. I don't know what it is. Oh, the bourbon. Yeah, but I forgot their names. Um, I have to give them a better shout-out than that. I'll save it for next week and do a proper shout-out. I had the card, but I'm, I'm a goddamn pig. Look at all this shit on my desk. Um, what? Oh, I also got Flaming Cheetos, I think, from the same woman who gave me the... Um, I can't remember. Sometimes everything you guys give me for backstage makes it backstage. That bacon, Just, that bacon ranch dip was good. The bacon ranch dip was delicious. And then um, the guy that was working with me this week, Justin Smith, 
Um, I gave him the rest because otherwise I would eat the whole thing and I have to be on television in one week. I'm like, this, this, this is not the week, Kathleen, to be going, oh, look, somebody brought me potato chips and make a round dip. I think I'll eat the whole goddamn thing. Um, oh, no, she gave me the um, syrup to put on biscuits. This is the, what? yeah, it looks delicious. Well, that's what she suggested. I, when the kids come and I make the waffles, you forget how much you like toasted waffles till you make them for kids and you're like, fuck, why don't I eat this every day? Because it's 10,000 billion calories. So that's what we're drinking. Um, Here's what we're going to taste. Now, a lot of you people, and don't, not Southern people, don't know that they have a white barbecue sauce in South. Of course they do. This is from Baumhauer's. (laughs) I went, we went there to eat lunch and two termites bought my lunch. Yeah. They didn't even ask. For a picture, I didn't know it till till I left, and I'm like, oh my god, that was totally unnecessary, but nice. But they give you white sauce. I didn't even ask for it; it just came with fries, even though it's it's like their ranch. Of but it's Baumhauer's, which is a great sports bar. Because I, after golf, I went there to go watch the golf. Um, which thank God I made a bet on Justin Thomas, even though I don't like him. The white sauce for me, they love it. It's a little too sweet. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Even on fries, like, you'd have to, if you, in, in the South, and order white barbecue sauce, just know it's sweet and hot. Oh. It's good. It's just in very small, small. you got to yourself. Yeah, I know. You, yeah, they, they just dump it on. They don't give a shit. We're going to be talking about it. It could be the reason, Alabama, you're the third fattest. We're going to talk <laughs> about that, too. But they've lost weight. Because they were the second fattest. So, you know, and like they say, you can't lose all that weight at one time. It's not healthy. You got to go slowly. These are flaming Hot Cheetos. Never had a Carolina Reaper Cheeto. Oh, yourself. It's not going to... Oh, my God. That's the wrong color. <laughs> no. No. No, 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 no. It just burnt my face off. Oh my God! Wow. Well, it's it comes late. Oh shit! I just dropped some on the floor. Wow. <laughs> so that's a no. <laughs> that's a no. That is a no. <laughs> then these better cheddars. These are Nabisco. Um, better cheddars. Better cheddars. Here's the thing. I already tasted one. To be truthful, I'll taste another one. But just eat it, cheese it. They're so much better. I think these are for parties. I think if you laid out cheeses, people wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, are those, can I just, do I pick them up with a fork? Or like, these are more like a cracker. If you have Nobody to be. Thinks they have to use their fork <laughs> well, you wouldn't just pick them off one at a time. Like it's sitting there or you're just going to eat the whole thing at somebody else's house. Oh my God. Um, these are if you have to be proper. Like, you can't just line Cheez-Its up in a row. Although I may do that next time and see if no one will do it. I bet you kids might. The teenagers might. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm drinking out of my Sam's Diner glass, because why? I'm going to Denver to tape the special, June 4th, two shows. Yeah, I don't know if there's any tickets left. There might be because they moved cameras around. Um yeah, because I, I want the camera. And then that freed up some today. seats. Oh, it happened today. Yeah. I don't even keep track of all that. But um, all right. Then it happened today. You heard it here first. 
Denver, if you want tickets, there's like, I think they gave through release like 50 a show. Because yeah. I said we don't need 150 cameras. Right. Just stop it. This is not the Lion King. It's just me standing there with pants on. So, um, all right, let's get to it. Well, first of all, I just want to, okay, I, I don't talk about sports a lot, but the PGA Championship was on. And um, I did win because I bet $25 on Justin Thomas and it won $625. Shut up. I'm not kidding. Oh now, in fairness, I threw $25 on about five other people. <laughs> so, um, but this is what I want. I think I tweeted it. Um, oh, gosh. John Daly, oh my God. who I see all the time at my golf course because he likes coming up here. Um, he's always friendly. He he's a he's a madman. Um, let me see. I think I tweeted it. There's my friend Robbie. He went to the casino after day one of the PGA Championship. He was two under, and here's a picture. Somebody took a picture of him playing slot machines, and I'm like, I see nothing wrong with this. Good for him. Um, this is what he did on the golf course. Some guy followed him. The final tally of literally everything he put to his body over a full 18 holes: 21 cigs. Well, now when I smoked. I could see that, especially, well, because they have six-hour rounds. So there's a lot of waiting, and you're bored, and you're like, I'll just have another steak. Why not? Twelve Diet Cokes. No, I can't see that. Two, I mean, I like Diet Coke. Six packs of peanut M&Ms. Holy shit. Wow. 0.0 ounces of water. He said he hates water. I hate water, too, John. I get it. Um, he didn't uh, end up doing so well, but he had a really great, I put it on Twitter because Twitter, now he really does look like Santa Claus. I said, Santa is con- unconcerned. If I could smoke 21 cigs, I would. And I also hate water. That's <laughs> <laughs> on my Ron's Twitter too. But that day, day one, he was beating all those guys that go to the gym, all those guys that do their reps and all their bullshit. Meanwhile, Santa over here is firing up another Marlboro going, yeah, Marlboro Red, too. Yeah, he's not playing on that either. Anyway, um, okay, Queen News. We don't have a lot, but here's good news if you're in Oklahoma, my Missouri neighbor. Dolly Parton's Imagination Library is expanding statewide in Oklahoma. Yep. There's some reading to be done, folks. The state is aiming for a million books to be distributed to the children through the program. Dolly's a, it's also in London, all the refugee children, they all are part of it now. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Yep. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. The website also states that the Oklahoma Department of Education will use $2.5 million of its federal relief funding to match local funds to support the Imagination Library, which will guarantee 2.3 million books Distributed to Oklahoma children by the end of 2024. So there you go. The children. I love it. Good news for the children. Yeah, it's great. Um, Otherwise, I don't... Cher's been very quiet. Stevie's out on the road. Somebody showed me, though, she new merch. She has a coffee cup that's really cool, and now I want it. I know, but I already already stood in the merch line. I didn't see a coffee cup. No. No. And I'm going to have to wash that Stevie Nicks t-shirt approximately 18,000 times for it to soften up. I'm, I want to go, oh, are you familiar with Ron White's merch person? Because both of you seem to be purchasing cardboard. Maybe you'd like to meet mine. Right. Yeah, Cindy in San Francisco. Cindy Poon knows how to get the soft T-shirts. Right. And she knows, where, even during a pandemic, she knew where to get them. 
I know because a lot of people didn't have that kind of stuff. Tanya's out on the road and then Shaka, I told you, Ridgefield, Connecticut. You'll never see in her venue that size again, I don't think. Really don't think so. Update! Mattress Mac. Oh my God. He makes a huge Astros bet. Paddles, Google what place the Astros are in. My Cardinals are in second, and they're openly mocking teams now by letting like the they're letting Yachty pitch, and they're letting Albert Pujols pitch. Like we were winning like eighteen to five. Oh, against Pittsburgh because I texted my friend Bill Crawford. I go, what exactly is wrong with your Pirates? What? How bad are your Pirates that we're letting our catcher pitch? The uh, Astros are one game ahead of the Angels in first place. Okay, the Astros ahead of the Angels. My friend Bob Reed's team. Um. So he he doubles. Um, he could win more than forty million if Houston takes the World Series, which he'll need to cover the offer he's making to customers. Wow! Yeah, I love it when he told his wife, "I don't have a gambling problem; I have a promotion problem." <laughs> he's back at it again. I love it. Um, he put down two separate bets Fridays on the Astro Friday on the Astros to win the World, totaling four million. With those odds, those bets would net him forty-two million should the Astros go on to win the championship. As he has done since online wagering made it to Louisiana. I don't know if he's driving himself or somebody's driving him, but he's driving from Texas to Louisiana to get on DraftKings, FanDuel, MG, whichever one he goes on. Oh, here it is. A $3 million wager at 10 to 1 odds with Caesar Sports app and another $1 million at 12 to 1 through WinBet app. I didn't know the Win had a betting app. The $30 million payout from Caesars would be the largest win ever at a legal sports book. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't. It's not such a long shot. I mean, if they're in first place already, right. well, maybe it'll win. When they, I didn't read what the customers get, but, you know, it's always like 50% off your bed or whatever the hell. Your <laughs> <laughs> oh, your mattress, your mattress, your mattress. Your mattress. Uh, um, okay. Your mattress. Your mattress. Update. Update. <laughs> Boris Becker is not happy with his prison accommodations. <laughs> no, by the way, too, I didn't even print it out, but Anna Delvey, Anna, inviting Anna. She had an art show in New York. She didn't get to attend because she's still in ice. Um, yeah, but she had people selling her things, her drawings she makes in the prison. Well, not the prison, the, the what you, containing area. I don't know what you call ice. Herself. Uh, yeah. Disgraced tennis star Boris Becker is struggling to adjust to life behind bars. Really? You were at Harrods a week ago. Yeah, I bet it's fucking hard. <sighs> As he comes to grip with the constant noise and small portions of basic food, the 54-year-old champion known for enjoying luxuries like Cuban cigars, fine wines, and filet steak. That's a British way to write that. Who writes filet, filet steak? Filet steak. How about filets mm-hmm. or steak? Steak. But not flazy. He was brought back down to earth after being served corned beef on his first night. What's wrong with corned beef? I don't know. I think it's delicious. Yeah. His first night in prison. He's anti Irish. Maybe he didn't have sauerkraut and mustard. Especially in Germany. I bet their corned beef's good. He was jailed for two and a half years last week for hiding assets during bankruptcy proceedings. We already talked about that. Well, Boris, guess what? You can't be hiding money from the government. The government gonna find it, especially the German government. They're gonna find it, and now you're in your little. Now the popo got you. Um, update. 
we have a lot of holy shits they found it and not so many updates this week. I can only what I, I can only do what I do. JetBlue launches hostile takeover for Spirit. I am so sick of these bottom airlines. It's like homeless people fighting over the same shopping cart. Just stop it. Go back to your corners. Now, Spirit rejected the offer from JetBlue, favoring, which, by the way, I don't know if I told it, but Ron flew Sprint, Spirit. It should be called Sprint. It's a yellow plane, and I have Sprint. Yeah, and... I like, dude, you're not going to, he likes Southwest. He's fine with Southwest, but he sat on the runway, runway in Nashville for an hour and a half. Cause they didn't have a gate. Wow. Yeah. Cause guess what? They only get like one. Cause your name is spirit, not Delta, not American, not whomever. Our planes in the way. <laughs> People don't realize it, nor should they, when they see the cheap fare, they just go, Hey, well, why not? Well, there's a lot of things that aren't guaranteed with these guys that are doing the super jet. Anyway, now JetBlue is appealing to directly to uh, Spirit shareholders, urge, urging them to go vote against the Frontier deal while lot, launching its own all-cash offer of $30 a share. I don't know. If I'm Spirit, I sell to JetBlue. Or Frontier. If I'm Spirit, I sell everything. I'm having a goddamn yard sale because this, it, I don't see, I see JetBlue growing. Frontier's got a dominating force out in the West. Right. Spirit, this is what my mom and dad will call and go, well, we found an airfare on Allegiant. You're not getting on Allegiant. <laughs> no. do, you, do you not remember the 18 hour trip to Las Vegas, mom? Remember that? Right. Remember that? Because you guys insisted. My favorite is when they call me and my dad will go, uh, so your mom and I, uh, we have a total together of 4,382 miles on Delta. Now, how far will that get us? I'm like, to where you are seated. That's how far, Dad. I think they still think in their mind, like, 10000 gets you a trip anywhere globally. Right. I'm like, Dad, it's $25,000 minimum, and that's at shitty times. And I could fly them at shitty times, at, and but I'm not even using miles because, well, why don't you use your miles? I go, I'd rather pay for it because you don't want to get in at 2 in the morning. Mom will freak right. out. Then you're driving three hours into the Ozarks at night. is crazy. I'm right. talking too much about that. but uh, You're just a good daughter. Sometimes I'm a good daughter. Sometimes you're not. <laughs> I'm good. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm, oh, we got to move on to holy shit, they found it. And then best places to live in the United States. And then we're going to talk about the fattest. The we're throwing the fatties down. Can't wait. Yep. This is crazy. Holy shit, they found it. Have researchers found an undersea road to the lost city of Atlantis? Now it sounds crazy, but wait till you see the pictures, termites. If that's not a goddamn actual road, that's I. You cannot convince me that an earthquake formed that, because if it did, why isn't there more of it? Why aren't there tons of them? Um. Now that's my anti-science. Some yeah. Not every road leads to Rome. Some paths appear to be headed to the center of the ocean, like one recently spotted by scientists in the Pacific, they dubbed the road to Atlantis. I'm not saying it's going to Atlantis, but it's definitely a yellow brick road. Yeah. It's almost gold. Right. I mean, there's no, I don't, Some somebody good at size would have to explain to me how an earthquake could create that perfect of like bricks. Mm -hmm. 
perfectly measured. Like last month, oceanographers aboard EV Nautilus vessel were out exploring the floor. Now I'm never going to be able to say this. I'm going to try. It's a, it's a very long Hawaiian name. Papa Hana U Maki Akia. No, Papa Hana. I'm trying to sound Hawaiian. <laughs> Melikaliki Maka. Come on. I don't know why you're Hawaiian. Papa. Papa Hana o Mokakia. It's the Marine National Monument, a submarine range of volcanic mountains off the coast of Hawaii, oh when they came across what looked like a well preserved brick road at the bottom of the sea. Yes! On April 29th, researchers were amazed to see that such a structure, 3,376 feet underwater near the top of Nootka Seamont. The discovery as part of the, oh God, right, you want me to try this one? The discovery is part, it's an expedition, here's what they've named it. Lu-i-a hakikiakuma. Of course that's not how you really say it, but that's all I got. It was captured on video during the group's 24-7 live stream on YouTube. It's the road to Atlantis, one scientist has heard saying in the background of footage. I mean, it's crazy. That's really a unique structure, another added. That is a yellow brick road, a third researcher chimed in. Are you kidding me? This is crazy, an additional voice exclaimed. Only about 3% of the 587 square miles within the Papahuacanemia Marine National Monument has been recorded. Although its peaks are known to rise over 16,000 feet from the seabed and summit just 200 feet below the surface of the water. If the loss of city of Atlantis were real, it would have fallen near the Strait of Gibraltar in the Mediterranean, according to Plato's writings. Well... It doesn't have to be Atlantis. What is just some other city was there? Right. Somebody built a road. Maybe they found a new city. And they don't even have any potholes. Look at how progressive they were. The legend of Atlantis dates back to Plato's dialogues written about 300 BC, 360 BC, the first of all records of the lost city in, in history. In the philosopher's tale, the city was a metaphor for the corruption of power, wealthy and wealth and industry. In other words, it was created slightly it was created strictly as a plot device and not the stuff of prehistoric folklore. Moreover, there isn't a trace of archaeological or geological evidence that a sunken city ever existed. I'm sure one did. They're going to end up saying that about Charleston and Miami. Well, the lost city is the waters keep rising. I saw on, on online there were the Outer Banks, North Carolina, houses that just just got sucked into the. I mean, as it goes on, Kiowa. I worry about all those little outer islands. It's sad. They're just yeah. I mean, eventually. Scholars are also quite sure that the realm of Oz existed only in the mind of the wonderful Wizard of Oz, who published the original story in 1900. Researchers aboard Nautilus had their fun when they dubbed the remarkable clip Follow the Yellow Brick Road to geological features of the something-something. What may look like a Yellow Brick Road to the mythical city of Atlantis is really example an example of ancient active volcano geology, they wrote. What the team had actually seen was later identified as hyaclastite a volcanic rock formation in high-energy eruptions where many rock fragments settled to the seabed. Hmm. Not in this order. No. No. Um, They explained while the unique 90-degree fractures made it look like stone laid for a road are likely the result of heating and cooling from stress from multiple eruptions. Okay, whatever, smart people. (laughs) Maybe you're right. 
I'm more of the basic lady that goes, huh, somebody did this a long time ago. I'm not sure why. And you know what? I'm going to have a beer and not think about why. But I think they did it. Holy shit, they found it. Oh, God, I would have loved to have been this six-year-old. This is the kind of shit I would have lost my shit if I was a little kid. Because my dad used to tell us, go up in the woods and look for Indian stuff. And I did find a lot of arrowheads. I quit, however. Now it's my mother's obsession. obsession. Yeah. And then she came out of the room last week. I was like, I think I found a vertebrae. And it was, I, I don't know. I sent a picture to Jeff Foxworthy. I don't know. I don't know. A six-year-old boy was looking for shells and fossils with his father on a UK beach when he picked up a rare tooth belonging to a megalodon. He found a megalodon too. Yeah, the biggest shark that has ever lived. Sammy Shelton discovered the megalodon tooth on Bodsey Beach in Suffolk on the east coast of England. as first reported by the Great Yarmouth Mercury, a news outlet covering the blah, blah, blah. The tooth measured four inches long. Wow. Yeah, like that big. Um, We knew what it was. We knew what it was, but not how rare it was, the boy's father said. Do you have to give it up? You got to give it to a museum? Yep. It's a popular site for um, fossil hunters, um, although they told the Shelton's, the dad and the son, that finding a megalodon tooth there is rare. Megalodon te- teeth are quite common in some places, including the east coast of North America. Really? Huh. So, like, if I'm in Kiowa, can I find a megalodon tooth? Or Atlantic City. Atlantic City? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll have a syringe in it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Atlantic City's trying. I'm going there soon too. They're, the Borgata's wonderful. Yeah, the, um, they are trying a lot of new stuff there to improve it, which would be good. Um, they're extremely rare in the UK. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why. Um, yeah, but anyway, what a lucky kid. That's a big find. I don't know. I mean, I guess if I had to give it to a museum, but I would have to say donated by um, Kathleen Madigan. Born 930, 1965, and then put a little picture of myself in the plaque that I was nice enough to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, and unlike um, some things at a museum, mine wouldn't be on loan from. No, I would just give them the thing. Holy shit, they found it! This one's crazy, too. Oh, I love it. Giant sinkhole with a forest inside found in China. <gasps> Whoa! That makes you that makes you think there could be societies, awesome. people living down there. Because I'm gonna tell you, they think their their hobbits might still be alive. What? I'm not kidding. No way. Yeah, oh, it's a scientific. Be so happy. Well, but they're not the hobbits like you would think from, like the Hobbit. The Hobbit, right? <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I didn't see. I saw. No, I saw Harry Potter. You saw Harry I didn't see Lord of the Rings. I've seen none of them. I don't know anything. And the only reason I saw took saw Harry Potter was because my cousin Mary's three kids, three of the four boys were little then, and they wanted to go. And then, I don't know, I sat through it. They were like 10, 8, and 6, and we were done. I go, well, what would you guys think? And they were like, we thought the book was a lot better. And I go, well, that's what you get for reading. Okay? I thought the movie was absolutely wonderful, because Dummy Dumb Dumbs here hasn't read the book. I've never <laughs> read, and I never saw another one. Wow. I mean, it was fine. It was good, I guess. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Here's I know. You know what I know? Neither one of them are Jaws. Jaws is my fallback. 
when people go, oh my God, you've never seen Star Wars? No, but I've seen Jaws 187 <laughs> times, and I think that makes up for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jaws too. I didn't like the three and four. It got crazy when the shark's now following them around the world. I mean, come on. I can only believe so much. A team of Chinese scientists have discovered a giant new sinkhole with a forest at the bottom. The sinkhole is 638 feet. Where do you see the picture of this thing? Enough to swallow St. Louis's gateway arch. Wow. Mm-hmm. There are three cave entrances, entrances in the chasm as well as ancient trees. Because uh, the sunlight that filters through the sinkhole entrance. It's, this is cool news, said George um, Venny, executive director of the National Cave. I mean, this is where people go, there can't be any such thing as this and that. We don't even know what's out there, especially in the water. Yep. Nobody knows what's in the ocean. Every week they find some new fucked up fish and they're like, oh my God, look at that. Right. There's probably... Totally. Um, yeah, so they found it at the bottom of this cave. The discovery is no surprise because southern China is home to karst topography, a landscape prone to dramatic sinkholes and otherworldly caves. They're prim- primary, the dissolution, um, it runs through the soil, becomes more acidic. Okay, then it gets too hard. We don't need to know all no. that. No, termites no. don't need to know. We're no. keeping things simple. Anyway, you go check out the pictures of that because it's really something to see. I like it. Yeah. And then it makes you think, what could be living down there? That's pretty cool. A Loch Ness Monster. Harry Potter. It's ridiculous. Well, okay. Best places to live in the United States. A new city is crowned. Yeah, guess who got knocked down? Boulder. Boulder? Yeah, I love Boulder. But I think Boulder's getting a little pricey. Huntsville is affordable. Huntsville, Alabama is number one. Yeah, Americans are shifting their priorities when it comes to where they want to call home. And sky-high housing prices and revelation played a small role, and that revelation played a small role in a southern city dethroning a Rocky Mountain destination as a top spot. I think Boulder's prettier. I mean, Alabama is as Missouri is, as Arkansas is. We're fine, but I mean, Boulder, come on. It's the white barbecue stuff. Yeah, well... (laughs) Yeah, you're going to sell me harder. I would go more Huntsville because I'm not a cold weather person anyway. And I, I do like their barbecue. I mean, their barbecue, just pick whatever you want. It's also good. And the people are not friendly. Oh. Huntsville has been ranked number one on the U.S. Uh, report. Best places to live. Toppling Boulder, which wore the crown for the past two years, but now sits at number four in the ranking of 150 largest metropolitan areas in the country. Wow. I think it's getting too expensive. Yeah. I think that's why I got knocked down because, I mean, it's still beautiful. The uh, analyst determined that the Huntsville's high score for housing affordability and quality life. There's also no traffic in Huntsville. Not really. I mean, they may think there is. I love it when you go to a city like that where they're like, don't get out on the big road at four. It's so crowded. It's crazy. It never used to be like this. You get out there, there's like five cars. It's fine, guys. Um, uh, uh, Air quality drove it to the top. Another Colorado city, Colorado Springs, came in at number two on the list. I will be doing, well, that's a place for a plug for me. I'll be doing a show out in Colorado Springs at some point in the future. I don't remember. We added it. I like Colorado Springs, too. It's fine. It's good. It's pretty. All of Colorado is pretty. Um, came in at the number two spot on the list. So Colorado Springs is number two. Number three, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Green Bay needs some more stuff, though. 
Yeah, it does. I can go to St. Brendan's every day of my life and always be happy, but a lot of people are going to want a little bit more to do. Not this lady? No. No. It's an Irish pub attached to a bed and breakfast. I'd end up living in that hotel. Like, that would just make it my house. Um, And you got the Packers and all that, but... Uh, due to it, it, Green Bay jumped 18 spots to number three due to its affordability. San Jose, California took the number five spot. Nah. Leading, leaping 31 spots from last year's ranking due to its high quality of life score. I haven't spent enough time in San Jose to know. I mean, I've been, I've done shows, but then I just got to go. So I don't really know. Much of the shakeup at the top of this year's list ranking is a changing preferences. People moving across the country today are putting more emphasis on affordability and quality of life than on the job market. Well, if you're a dirt person and you get hired by the government, Huntsville is NASA. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Rounding out the top 10. Raleigh and Durham, North Carolina, ranked sixth. I would totally agree with that. Yeah, love it. Anywhere in North Carolina, sold. Love it. It's just because it gets cold. It has the seasons. It doesn't get any hotter than Missouri or Tennessee. And the winters aren't as bad. Um, Followed by Fayetteville, Arkansas. Home of what? University of Arkansas. Very close to what? Bentonville, Arkansas. Which is the home of? Walmart. Walmart. And your friend. But my my nephew Joey went to school down in Fayetteville. And I went down there to do a show and hang out with him. And he took me drinking. And it was really fun. Also home of who? John Daly. Uh, No, he's not Fayetteville, Arkansas. he's Arkansas. He's Arkansas, yeah, but he's somewhere deep in the woods of Arkansas. <laughs> Number seven, Portland, Maine. I love Portland, Maine. And there's a beautiful, beautiful boat up there named Kathleen. It's always tied up in the same spot. Not a yacht, but like a boat. And then I think I should be able to steal it because it already has my name on it. I love Portland, Maine. I don't know that I could handle the cold. I know I can't. I can only live there sometimes. Number eight, Sarasota, Florida, home of who? Jack and Vicky Madigan. <laughs> um, Sarasota's got a very cute little downtown, very artsy fartsy too. Yes. A lot of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Number nine. Oh no, Sarasota's number uh, nine. San Francisco is number ten. Too expensive. I can't do San Francisco. No. I have a wonderful time visiting, but then I just go. I can't. You can't. Yeah, do it. Even back in the day, like when comedians were. They were living three to an apartment because nobody could afford it, or you'd have to go live out beyond the city. And mm-hmm. but all the clubs were in the city at the time. There's still a couple there. Um, and it's too pricey. I don't want to worry that much about money, and have to think that hard. We're moving on to the fatties. Fat estates. Fat estates. Oh, that's unfair. Number one, oh, no. Mississippi. Now, here's what's crazy. If I lived in Biloxi, I would become the fattest person in the state because I can't stop eating their char-grilled oysters or the crab claws. Like, I don't stop. Mary like, there's Mahoney's something. So Mary Mahoney's. Biloxi is it's pro- probably my favorite restaurant in America. <gasps> yep. And now I have met the guy who owns it and stuff, and then he's nice and just because I've been there so much. Trey, um, Trey. I love Trey. Trey Mahoney. Um, I think it is. The food in Mississippi. But see, I don't think of outside of Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi. I mean, I don't really think of them. I think of the coast with the food. Oxford. Oxford? Never been. It's where the, it's where the children are? The university? Okay. 
Well, Mississippi, Great drink <laughs> why don't you try to lose five pounds by next year? All of you. Okay. Ron, my friend is doing intermittent fasting and he's only allowed <laughs> to eat. There's a picture of him though. I'm going to post it on Twitter of him and John Daly. And I told him you should always, you should pay John Daly to travel with you and stand next to him in pictures. Cause you look so incredibly skinny. Um, but then he eats crazy things between 11 and 7. I'm like, I don't think the idea is you could just eat all of everything. Anything you want. Yeah, I'm not sure why they say we're paying off yet. Well, I have <laughs> a guess. Um, all right, here's the fatties. The, fi- the, by the, the figures are a report by Nice Rx, an online pharmacy. They're based on figures collected by the Center for Disease Control. So it's, it's, um, it's like true. Like it's not. This isn't just some bullshit one. The fattest, <laughs> Mississippi. Second fattest, number two, ringing at number two, West Virginia. Huh. That surprises me because I don't think of food in West Virginia. I think of, roadkill. I think, well, roadkill. <laughs> and if you're the guy who did the, the, the woodwork on the front porch here, he ate roadkill for a whole summer just to see yeah. what it would be. No, I swear okay. to God, we had this giant conversation. Oh, and he's from Buffalo. He's not even a redneck. Oh. He just wanted to see, I yeah. Oh. But then I think, are you killing people too, Daryl? <laughs> That's my next thought. It's terrible because he's such a nice man. Uh, West Virginia, I do not think of food. I think of craft beers in West Virginia. I think of really good beer. Really? Yep. Number three, Alabama. Number four, Louisiana. I can't blame you. No. The food's so good. Oh, my God. Cajun, Cajun's my favorite food. Period. End of story. I can't blame them. Number five, Indiana. What? Steak. Yeah, but steak, that's not like saying, you know, crawfish etouffee and I'm just shoving rice down my throat. Like, I mean, I don't think of them as foodies. I I think of them as Midwest Midwest foods, steak and potato. But then why wouldn't Missouri count or Ohio or we're all in the same area? I don't know. Number six, Kentucky. I don't think of food either. I think of bourbon. I think of the bourbon trail. I just think I'm going to be drinking a lot of brown liquor. Delicious. Uh, number seven, Delaware. What? Yeah. Number eight, Iowa corn. It's so good. And the butter, it adds up. Eight, number nine, Arkansas. I don't think of them as food. I'd See, I'd throw Tennessee on this list because I think of Memphis food, Nashville, hot chicken. Barbecue. Yep. Number 10, Oklahoma. Here's the here's the skinniest. These people are the most fit. Number one does not surprise me at all. Colorado. Even people in the airport have walking sticks like we're all going to bust into some hike going. I mean, we're getting on a plane. Why do I need a hiking stick? I don't. They all have their they're in shape. Number two, Massachusetts. You got to give them extra credit, too, because it is fucking cold half the year. And somehow they are staying skinny. Good for you. Number three, Hawaii. Well, you're outside all the time. Right, you just eat fish, and pineapple. It's easy for you guys. That's what the, that's what all of us in the fat states. Yeah, but you get to be outside all the time, and you know people just bring you little cod sandwiches and ahi tuna. I'd be skinny if I lived there too. Number four, Vermont. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders in the crowd bringing it in. It surprises me because it's cold. New York, yeah, because New York City, everybody's out walking around no matter what. Jersey, New Jersey, you're number six. Seventh, Washington. Yeah. Once yeah. you get in the Northwest, those people are in shape. 
A lot of hiking to bury their bodies. Yep. Number eight, Oregon. (laughs) The eight is Oregon. Nine is Florida. That surprises me. Yeah, I don't know. And number 10 is Montana. Well, how many people do they have total? 11. So if five are super skinny. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, those lists always make me. Now I'm going to think about those things when I go to those states. Now I'm going to start looking in West Virginia next time I do that casino there and go, well, what the fuck am I? What kind of food are you all eating that I haven't heard about? There's my card. I know I just found it from the guys. Shout out. It is a shout out for the bourbon. Shout out. It's Scott and um, Marty. Yeah. Long time listeners. First time callers. Ha ha ha. I'm not sure about the beer. The bourbon is great. Um, And then they told me where go go get fish and chips with um, Guinness on tap. What kind of bourbon is it? This is called Black Patch Distilling Company. Cool. Yeah. Combat veteran owned and operated. Yeah, not just a veteran. Combat. That means I actually went somewhere and did crazy things. Um, Okay, now this is crazy. I wouldn't have done this. Okay. Somebody paid $195 million for the Andy Warhol of Marilyn Monroe. How much? $195 million. If you've never seen the movie Jean, uh, Jean Basquiat, the one go on YouTube. It's just called Basquiat on YouTube. And uh, David Bowie plays Andy Warhol. I probably have already said that on the. I have I said it? okay. We'll, we'll we can do, edit it. We'll out. Do, no, we'll do the link. We'll do the link. It's just to see uh, David Bowie play him is so great because he he just does. Yeah, I don't know. He does that the whole movie. He only had like four lines. He just kept repeating them. Maybe <laughs> I could. Yeah, he was good. He was good in the never ending story. Okay. Yeah, I was a kid. Um, one of Andy Warhol's iconic Marilyn Monroe portraits has, has become um, the most expensive 20th century artwork ever to go uh, go under the hammer. Prior to the sale, uh, Christie's had described the shot sage blue Marilyn as one of the rarest and I don't know what I do with my article. Um, it's been shown in other galleries. The auction house said it was expecting bids in the region of $200 million, so it fell short. $200 million? Well, here's the thing, though, about the Marilyn Monroe deal. It's like his version of the Elvis one. It's been reprinted so many, so many times just by the fake one. Who cares? The poster. You act like you're a teenager in your bedroom and go get the poster of the Eiffel Tower. Right. I don't, I don't. It's seen so often. It's on coffee cups, notebooks. Like, I think his... Well, I don't know what his people are thinking who control his stuff, but um, the the Maryland one, because he did do some weird ones. Like there's, if you go to the museum in Pittsburgh, for instance, I don't know, they change their stuff out all the time, which is why it's a great museum. But, um, you know, there's a Liza Minnelli one. I don't know. There's some people, Henry yeah. Kissinger, but who wants Henry Kissinger on your wall? And for what reason would anybody ever do that? I have no idea. He's still alive, by the way. $25 on Etsy. See how much we just saved you. One million. <laughs> we saved you a hundred and ninety-four million and some odd dollars just by that by that helpful hamster. Um they thought it would get more than two hundred million. Um that feat has only been achieved at auction by Leonor da Vinci's Salvador Mundi, which in two thousand seven 
Teen sold for over $450 million. The previous auction record for a 20th century painting was $179 million, paid for, paid, uh, for Pablo Picasso's Les Femmes d'Alger in 2015. I don't know. Now, I will say it's better than a baseball card that I have to call people into my weird office or open my wallet and show people. I don't, I don't really understand that. But what? French is better than your Hawaiian. My French is better because I took French in high school. Um, okay, this, okay, on this podcast, why, termites? Because we're out in front of the news. We get in on the ground floor on a story. How many episodes was it ago? Many, but I know we talked about it, monkeypox, right? Because I Googled the pictures because I wanted to scare Lou because there's a case of it in New York City. I know, now I know he'll focus on that instead of COVID, which, episode 50, episode 50. So it's 90. That was 40 week episodes ago. See, there's so much good math today. A lot of good math. A lot of good thinking. Yeah. yeah. I had two cups of coffee <laughs> and only half a beer. That's my sweet spot. <sighs> now, I'm not blaming this monkey. Okay? Yeah. But you get monkeypox originally from, they think, handling monkeys. It's most cases have been in Zaire. And now it's in, there's one in Florida. Uh-huh. Um, there's three in the United States. There's a bunch in the UK. You don't want it now, but then you can get it once the per- person has it, they can spread it. You don't have to all touch a monkey, okay. which would be weird because how would we all do that? Yeah, this monkey isn't to blame, but he fits into the story. Okay. Mystery hybrid monkey leaves baffled scientist in awe after spotting one in the jungle. Oh. <gasps> the monkey spotted near... Ready? Ready for me to pronounce this river in Malaysia? I'm ready. Kinabat Angan. <laughs> Kinabat Tangan. Kinabat Tangan. River in Malaysia, Borneo appears to be the combinations of two different species that are actually competing for forest space. What? Somebody be hoeing around. With the other monkeys, that's the team A. Somebody snuck over to monkey team A. It's where do you see its picture? It looks so human-like. A mystery hybrid has baffled scientists after the apparent crossbreed was spotted in a Borneo rainforest. The monkey spotted near the river appears to be a combination. The mystery monkey was originally spotted initially spotted in 2017, and pictures began circulating online of the specimen. Um, but coronavirus blocked the research of getting it up close and personal. Instead, they analyzed the 2017 in- images and newer ones from 2020 that showed that the then juvenile had oh, developed into a fully formed female and has a child of her own. <sighs> she appears to be nursing a baby. We're all in all. It's quite surreal. Um, they concluded that the monkey is likely the offspring of two distantly related species that share the same habitat. Uh, Wow. Scientists are interested because even in the rare case that interbreeding between the same species takes place, it doesn't usually produce a viable offspring. Furthermore, interbreeding species are typical, typically similar and belong to the same evolutionary group or genus, which monkeys and silver langers. So it's a monkey and a silver langer. Huh. Oh, yeah. You got to see a picture of it. It's tragic that both species now cramp together. And, oh, you know why? They're running out of forest. Mm-hmm. 
now they're all the same happy hour. They used to drink on they used to drink on their own teams and now they all gotta go to the same place and then you have a couple of drinks and then you're like, eh, they don't look so bad, exactly. those silver langer. Um it's a flagship animal that needs to be protected with her her two parent species and their habitat. Wait do you see its face though? Uh, yeah. It looks like an old, old, old monkey, but it's not old. But its face looks like I don't know what a langer looks like, though. I don't even know what a silver langer is. Silver langer. L-A-N-G-U-R. Here's another freak. Why, why you look that up? Is it ugly? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like one of those monkeys with like a, like a lion head. Like a lion head. Well, this one, that one out. Also known as a new tongue. Also known as a what? A new tongue. New tongue? A new. Tongue. Okay. Here's another person that has way too much goddamn time on their hands. Somebody spent $12.4 million at Christie's for a dinosaur skeleton. Merka, what are we doing? <laughs> I would love it if I called Patrick because he's in charge of all my money. Hey, Pat. I don't have $12 million, but if I did. Um, I'm going to, you're going to see a charge on my... Um, uh, my debit card that also has uh, Stan Musial and a number six. It's a Cardinals card. Um, yeah, I withdrew $12.4 on Thursday because I needed to buy a dinosaur skeleton. Don't judge, Pat. Just shut up <laughs> and make sure that the bank isn't going to react poorly. Um, late on Thursday, Christy sold the skeleton of this dinosaur species that became one of the world's most recognized after the release of the movie Jurassic Park for $12 million with fees to an undisclosed buyer. <sighs> Let's say you put it up in your house, okay? And then you have a party. And then one of your friends trips and spills red wine on it. Now what? Red wine on the skeleton? Yes, on the bones. I think it's stained. It's not like I think is the answer to that. It's not like your handbag. It's, 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 my handbag. It's, I know. Blythe Danner. The auction <laughs> continues the trend of high-priced fossil sales, a pattern that has irked some paleontologists who fear that specimens could become lost to science if they are bought by private individuals rather than public institutions. Yes. And what are you going to do, build a house for this thing? I mean, you can't. Where are you going to put it? I guarantee you there's no place in this house or any house that I know Maybe Ron White's old second floor in Atlanta. Maybe it's big enough, but not really, because the ceilings are too short. Yeah. No. The auction house said that the fossil, nicknamed Hector, was the first public sale of this kind of dinosaur, an agile bipedal dinosaur known for menacing claws on its feet. The sale price was more than double the auction house estimated high of $6 million. They thought it would only get $6 million. No, these belong in museums, I think. Wow. Especially if we don't have a ton of them. And what do you, or who's going to come over and put it together? Does it come like Ikea where the bones aren't, does it come assembled? Or am I supposed to glue this head with Gorilla Glue onto it? Does it come with glue? Does it, there's a lot of shit I'd need to know. Is there going to be two guys over here for like four days and I feel like I have to tip them $500 a piece because they work so hard to put it together? Yeah, and then I'm sitting there talking to him. Do you guys like World Cup soccer? Just want a beer? <laughs> Two guys that came when I lived in Los Angeles, they came over to do something. Oh, there were cracks in the wall because of previous earthquakes. And my friend Ron gave me their names, Edgardo and his friend. And they got in the house and World Cup soccer was on. 
and they were all about Ecuador. They did not want Mexico to win, and Mexico was on, and we all had to get together and root against Mexico. And literally, I think we probably went through a 12-pack. They never did any work. <laughs> we just sat there. They knew so much about soccer, though. It was like two little angels just appeared. I'm like, who gives a shit about the wall? Earthquake, earthquake. There was one. There'll be more. It doesn't matter. You can come back and fix it. But right now, we have to share against Mexico. I don't even remember who was playing. I think Colombia. Um, the species of... Blah, 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 blah. You get the idea. I'm not going to keep this is all science stuff after about what how many of these are in existence. I just I don't think we should be giving those kind of fossils no. to individuals. That's my stance on that. If I'm president, you're not buying this shit anymore, people. So better hurry up, buy what you need now. Um how about this guy? Why is this guy not in every Nike ad or Patagonia ad? Um uh, a Sherpa from Nepal, he's 52 years old. He scaled Mount Everest for the 26th time to beat his own record for climbing the most, uh, for the most climbs of the world's highest peak. Wow. Yeah, 26 times. How's he not in an ad? And you never see him. Kamarita has broken his own record. I believe this is the man, and this is a true story. He told his wife at breakfast, I got to take some yahoos up the mountain, but it's a good climbing day. I'll be back by dinner. Going to be a late supper. But he did it. He went up and back. Yeah. and But there's this, oh, I couldn't download the article, how it's getting, Mount Everest is getting wrecked because now there's people just going to base camp to party. Seriously, they're getting the fucking permit and they're like, somebody needs to get a grip on that. Like me and Justin were talking about, like, can you imagine if you, I would have no part in any of this because I have Renaud syndrome and all my digits would freeze and fall off. So I'm not doing anything cold based like that. But let's say you did. And let's say you were into it and you saved all your money. Like one guy worked for the post office. It's like 70 grand now to do it. And then you get to camp three to go or camp four to go to the peak. And there's a line. No, No. they look like ants. There's so many people up there. Like you went all. And then if one jackass, which would end up being me, was like, that's so cold. I can't stop anymore. Then I start letting go of shit and people panic. I'm a problem. I become a problem. Then you all have a problem because Cuckoo Bird Madigan up there can't tell if she's heading north or south or jumping off a mountain. It's so ridiculous. Um, I'm going to find that article, though, because somebody, I don't know, they're all selling too many permits. China, Tibet, everybody's in on it. But the poor Sherpas, I mean, yeah, they're making money, but they, you know, oh, he's so cute. Camarita, 26 times. And he uh, outdid his own record. 26 times. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's one of the first professional Sherpa guides who led foreign mountaineers up Everest after Nepal opened to outsiders in 1950. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's also not, uh, oh, his brother has got, done it 17 times. You know, and he should have millions of dollars worth of a, uh, what is it, North Face or Pedagogy. It's like yeah. the lady that's climbed it. Like she's climbed it like Shut 15 up. times, that yeah. lady. We already talked about her on this podcast because she's phenomenal too. Um, he had 21 climbs by 2017. He was tied with number one, Ape Sherpa, so and so, both of whom subsequently retired, leaving the path clear for Camarita. Camarita. In 2018, he took the number two position, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's just amazing. And if you see his picture, he's adorable. It's not like he's not good for the camera. (laughs) 
You know, you might go, well, I don't know, he's not hot enough to be in our ad. Well, he's hot. He's totally cute. Um, here's a little shout out to my mayonnaise lovers. This is true. Mayonnaise lovers unite in Richmond. You get a free tattoo of, of if you get Duke's mayonnaise tattooed on you. It's the only tattoo I've ever considered. What? I'm not going to do it. It's free. Free Duke's? Mm-hmm. Tattoos? Wow. In light of thir- Friday the 13th, Duke Mayonnaise and Yellowbird Tattoo Shop are hosting a free hosting a pop-up free tattoo event for Duke's Mayonnaise. <laughs> the event is appointment only, and you can choose from 40 different mayonnaise-inspired tattoo designs. That's they're 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 something to see. Uh-huh. This guy was traveling from Tennessee with an RV and he d- went in and got one. Duke said it wants to be the most tattooed mayonnaise brand in the world, so it partnered with Yellowbird to pull it off. They had nearly 70 people signed up. No way. Yep. <laughs> they get to choose from 40 designs it says here. Yeah. Um one man drove hours, 5 hours just to get it on his leg. I love mayonnaise. And all my bunnies hate mayonnaise, and that was enough for me, Kanye Hughes said. He said, along with the tattoo, he also got a free bottle of Duke's mayonnaise. Nice. (laughs) Wow. Three bucks. (laughs) There you go. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Here's a whack job. If you got got a Duke's tattoo, where would you get it? If I got a tattoo? A Duke's one. A Duke's one? I would get it somewhere a place people could see it. It's just a conversation starter. Like on your cheek? <laughs> yeah, my forehead. I think people would know. <laughs> uh, how about this guy? How about this guy? Retired California roofer. He's 57. He fled a moving United plane through the emergency exit and walked along the wing after its staff refused to serve him alcohol before takeoff. This is why, here's where as a flight attendant, I go, no, I'm fucking not doing that. I'm not chasing that asshole. I'm not doing it. You know what? I would tell the pilot, step on it and let him fly off the wing. I understand sometimes being upset when there's not a pre-flight drink, especially if you have gotten upgraded to first class and you're you're hoping for one. Mm -hmm. It's never occurred to me, if one doesn't land here, I'm going out that door and I'm going on that wing and I'm going to cause trouble. I mean, comedian Kathleen Madigan snapped at the Nashville airport this morning. Um, This is a retired roofer arrested for leaving a taxiing plane through its emergency exit window and walking along the wing. Um, Oh, they have his mug shot. I mean, I understand being disappointed. He looks like a normal person. Yeah. The drama was a United Airlines flight from San Diego to Chicago. That is a long flight. Yeah. But how many drinks had he already had that you decided that was your reaction to no drink? Right. 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 I mean, unless you're just crazy. You're either crazy or drunk. Or both. Or both. Or both. But um, you're he pulled the emergency exit window while taxiing, walking out of the wing of the plane and sliding off the wing of the plane and attempting to direct the plane into the gate. Oh God! He had a he had a three thousand dollars reconnaissance bond. Chicago Police Department that he was denied alcohol service by flight attendants who and was talking to himself throughout the flight. However, he will not be charged with federal crime due to there being no signage on the emergency door nor the tarmac advising the public that exiting a moving plane would constitute criminal trespass. (laughs) Wow! 
Yeah. Oh my God. That's just I. People are unraveling. I thought it would calm down. I thought okay, people are going to be a little nuts after COVID. Um, you know, give everybody time to learn how to act like people again. It's not happening. There's a video today. I didn't print it out. I believe it's in Newark. Um, there's a United Airline worker, um, a dude, a man, and then another man, a customer who's checking, like going up to check in. And I don't know what was said, but the worker comes from behind his little podium in the belt where your bags go and like bitch slaps the guy. And then the guy jumps into position like he's part of Fight Club. He's like, you want this? You want this? And bam, bam. And then the other guy's a little chubby. He fell, the initial puncher guy, he fell backwards onto the belt. His head's bleeding, and he gets up and comes around looking for more. And the the guy's like, seriously? Like, I just knocked you out so hard you fell backwards onto a baggage belt. And you're still, people, I don't know. This is... This would be the death of you, Paddles. What? What's your favorite breakfast food in the whole world? Oh. Fast food. Oh, egg McMuffin. Paddles loves an egg McMuffin. Love it. McDonald's is leaving Russia for good after 30 years. They should. I know, but wouldn't you be sad if you were Russian? Well, you've been poorly behaved as a country. Well, they're not doing it. No, the well, average I- person isn't doing it. <laughs> And well, now they get ripped off. You don't get your egg McMuffin. It's probably this was probably the highlight of some people's day. Like it is yours, and you're. It's not their fault that Putin's a crazy person doing crazy things. You might understand how much money they must be losing for McDonald's. It temporarily closed 850 outlet 850 in March. <laughs> the fast food giant said it made the decision because of the humanitarian crisis. Bullshit. They're not making money. Something's gone wrong. And the unpredictable operating environment caused by the Ukraine war. Right. They first entered in Moscow in 1990. Hmm. I thought they would have been there before that. A year later, the Soviet Union collapsed and Russia opened up its economy to companies in the West. More than three decades later, however, it's one of the growing number of corporations pulling out. It's a complicated issue. Some might argue that providing access to food and continuing to employ tens of thousands of ordinary citizens is the right thing to do, paddles. But it's impossible to ignore the humanitarian crisis caused by the war in the Ukraine. It's impossible to imagine the golden archers representing the same hope and promise that led us to enter Russia 32 years ago. You know, I get it, but it's sad for the average Joe Blow who's not doing any of this stuff because people have favorites. Like, I like Arby's and Taco Bell. What's your favorite breakfast food? I don't really have a favorite breakfast food to go. No? No. My teeth don't meet, right, so I really can't get into muffins. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't care about calories, bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Because the biscuits crumble. Oh, there goes the Loch Ness Monster's head. Um, this is the Hobbit story. And I think I'm going to keep the, I'm going to end with the Hobbit story. Because I'm going to tell you next week about the bad things Elon Musk has done. Because I found him. took me a while to find him, but I found him. Hmm? Super bad? No, they're not super bad. He just sounds like your average, like, throwback douche guy. You know, dime a dozen. All right, this is crazy. And this is not like from, these articles aren't bullshit. They're not like from, you know, whatever's below the Inquirer. I don't even know anymore. Sightings of an ape man 
in Indonesia could be proof that the Homo floresiensis species, believed to be long extinct, is alive today, one anthropologist has argued. Other experts are skeptical, but hold on, termites. He's a tough-looking little fucker, too. <laughs> Stocky. An early human species nicknamed Hobbit and thought to have gone extinct thousands of years ago may still be alive today, an expert has controversially claimed. A Homo florensiensis dubbed the Hobbit because it stood around three foot six. That's pretty three short. Foot six. Three foot six. It's thought to have lived on the island of Flores, which is now part of Indonesia, between 60 and 700,000 years ago. So they were saying maybe they lived till 60,000 years ago, but then maybe that was the end of them. It was a small-brained, large-footed tool maker, and it is not known where the species evolved from. Now, one anthropologist has astonishingly claimed that the hobbit could be alive and well today. Gregory Forth, who worked at Alberta University, Paddles. No, it says Alberta University. That's not your Canadian one? Okay. He worked at Alberta University before retiring, argues that sightings of an ape man on Flores might be proof that the ancient human ancestors still exist. Oh. There's a skull of the species widely believed extinct was found in 2003. Oh, wow. Hold on. He told Live Science, we simply don't know when the species became extinct, or indeed, dare I say, we don't even know if it is extinct. There is some possibility that it's still alive. Other experts are understandably skeptical. Skeptical. Flores is an island that has about the same area of Connecticut and has two million people living on it today. A paleontropist at the University of Wisconsin, Madison, told Live Science. The population is spread out across the island. Realistically, the idea that there's a large primate that is unobserved on the island surviving in, in a population that can sustain itself is pretty close to zero. Fourth, who has been doing anthropological work in the field since 1984, doesn't agree. Over the years, he's heard a number about a number of local sightings of small, hairy, humanoid creatures living in the forest. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah, and he wrote about them in his research. Until 2003, which was when the Homo florensius was first discovered and Fourth made the connection. I heard about these similar uh, small human-like creatures in the region called Leo, which were said to be alive, and people were giving accounts of what they look like. In an excerpt from his new book, Between Ape and Human, um, he writes about an interview with a man who said he disposed of the corpse of a creature that could not have been a monkey but was also not a human, with straight, light-colored hair on its body and a well-formed nose and a stub of a tail. I believe those people. What do they have to gain from making it up? It's not like America where you're going to make money off some shit like this. You're, you're in Indonesia. No, like nobody even knew that guy said that. Since he began his research, he's collected 30 eyewitnesses' accounts of similar creatures. He said that mass, matched the description of a hobbit. Um, the bones, thought to have come from at least nine individuals, first discovered at something on Flores in 2003. The skeletons included a complete skull. The youngest evidence of the hobbits using the caves back, dates back to 50,000 years ago. I don't know. I believe. I believe the locals. Yeah. Because what do they have to gain? If anything, you'd be embarrassed to say it because you'll seem crazy. Right. Right. By the way, he's from Edmonton. He's from Edmonton. Mm. A Canadian. <laughs> Your Canadians are going well, I crazy. I don't know if he's from. We don't know. He went to school and taught 
we're gonna um we're gonna finish here with a quote. Yeah. Well, this is uplifting. I don't know. Oscar Wilde quoted in the Rob report. He said, let me be surrounded by luxury. I can do without the necessities. It's very Andy Warhol. I disagree. I'll take the necessities. You take that. Um, Otto von Bismarck. And I think we all know what happened to Otto von Bismarck. Uh, politics is the art of the possible. Oh. Not anymore. Nope. I don't think so. I think it's the art of the impossible and the wreckage. Um, yeah, there was, <laughs> unless you got Kayabi, there's no questioning where she stands when how she feels about Jesus and abortion and guns and speaking foreign languages. What are you, crazy? Shut your mouth with your extra languages looking all fancy, coming in here like you're just the smartest person in the whole world. Yeah, well, you ain't. All right, termites. I am off to do... Uh, um, Denver. Denver will be after Memorial Day. What are you doing for Memorial Day? Uh, for Memorial Day, I'll be, uh, I have to go get the boat ready, and I'll just be in a lake. Well, I'm not sure I'm getting in yet. I don't know the temperature, okay. but I'm going out on, on the boat and uh, fishing. I will be fishing. Oh, yeah, cool. I'll be bass fishing, and uh, that's it. It's oh. the first weekend off, off in. And see, I shouldn't have this weekend off because I have to do the show next week. So I'm gonna have to do it in my hotel room to make sure I remember everything. Then it's like homework. But if I work a bunch of shows in a row, then I'm already. I don't even have to think about it. But now I'm gonna have to think about it. But what are you gonna do? Hopefully, because a lot of people are getting COVID again, and we have to get tested. Like, I don't even understand all that, because if you have to show proof of vax and you've already done all this stuff, what? Right. What are we doing? We but I'm not in charge. Nope. I'm just a lady with jokes. <laughs> uh, I'll be on a cold little drinking beer. All right. Enjoy your beers, Pat. Thank you. And um, termites? It's almost official. You're almost summer termites. You're not summer termites yet, though. I don't count summer until after Memorial Day. Well, Memorial Day, Friday, it starts. T-shirts yeah. coming out. Mm. We have a new T-shirt coming out, too. It's down the pike. All right, termites, that's all I got. Be good. You're still springtime termites? Yep. The magnolias are blooming? Mm-hmm. Be memorial termites? Be memorial termites. Be respectful of all the people that have served and are serving. In the military, because they work their asses off. One time in Iraq, they put that full geared thing on me, like the vest and all that, yeah. and it had like grenades or shit. I don't know what was on my body. All I I said to Lewis because it the guys weigh sixty pounds, the women weighs thirty. Oh. Yeah, and you're in the heat of Afghanistan and Iraq. It's like 120. Yeah. But even aside from all that, there's a steel plate in the back. Right. And I said to Lewis, "Here's what I've learned in one full minute of having this thing on me." I have not sat up straight in 55 years. Well, at the time, 45 years. Uh, it, you, oh, my God, but your back hurts so bad by the end of the day because I'm lazy and I don't sit up straight. And not to mention the weight. I mean, there's just nothing in me that's good for the military. Uh, no, this is why I keep entertaining the military so I don't ever get a call. Hey, we're looking for middle-aged white women. And I'm going to be like, do what? And then I would feel like I can't say no to my government. 
I need to go help. And then they'd put that jacket on me, the flat, flat or the jacket's gone. And I would just cry. I said, what happens if you sit down and cry? Like in the desert, do I get kicked out? Cause that's what I'd be going for, but I'd be crying anyway. I don't know. I'm not cut out for it. So cheers to all those people that do that. And that's it. Termites. Yeah. Cause I have my little, my little, um, desert termite. He's over there. The soldier that sent me that stuff. All right, termites. That's it.